I've spent my life on the side of the underdog and have always opposed discrimination and injustice my entire life. I guess that's probably because as a kid, I felt I was the underdog. I felt I did face a lot of injustice as a child growing up. It just didn't set right with me. It formed me. I have always been opposed to discrimination and injustice in any form. Episode 198, Good People Confront Prejudice Whenever They Encounter It. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. With one 0.75 million listens and downloads and growing every week. This is The Game Changers with Jason Jennings, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and USA Today best-selling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, reinvention. The Game Changers is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. Great to be with you, Jason. Uh, Dale, great to be with you, more than you know. So um, our title this week, Good People Confront Prejudice Whenever They Encounter It. Uh, And I understand that you've had a few of these encounters just recently where you've found people who are prejudiced and are discriminating, and you've decided to take a new approach in how you deal with it. Uh, I have. Um, and let me preface uh, preface uh, this episode with this. Uh, a couple of years ago, I uh, uh, was uh, at a university. They were giving a reception for me. There were four or 500 people. And I was there to give the commencement address the next day. And the president of the university was introducing me. He, I didn't have to do a whole big speech, but he wanted me to say a few words. And so uh, he stood up and uh, at the lectern and he was introducing me and he had come to the end of the introduction and uh, he's, and so I, I started to walk on stage. He said, well, there's one more thing I want to say. And he said, the other thing I want to say is this. He said, I've talked to a lot of people about Jason Jennings. And he said, the one word that everybody uses when they describe Jason is that Jason is a nice man. And I remember, and I, I told you that story at the time. And I took that as the most authentic and most important compliment I had ever received in my life. I personally like being seen as somebody who is nice. Um, Now, I'm going to have to figure out how I will be able to marry being a nice person to a new place I've arrived. And uh, we'll see how the struggle goes. Uh, Look, um, uh, you and I have done 197 episodes. We have never talked about politics once, and we're not going to talk about politics now. The only thing I do know about you is you're very smart, but I can also tell you you're somebody who's allowed your head to meet your heart along the way. Um, I have all, I've spent my life on the side of the underdog and have always opposed discrimination and injustice my entire life. I guess that's probably because as a kid, I felt I was the underdog. I felt I did face a lot of injustice as a child growing up. It just didn't set right with me. It formed me. I have always been opposed to discrimination and injustice in any form. But I've always tempered that with my desire to be nice. But now let me tell you about three recent encounters I've had. A couple of weeks ago, I'm on an airplane. 
I, uh, because of the amount of miles I fly every year and my status at all the membership programs, I always get to board first. And, and that's the only perk of flying a lot. And so I, 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 bo- I love to board first, uh, put my stuff upstairs and then get on my aisle seat and then just do nothing. Just kind of sit and watch the airplane board and, uh, and just see what people look like and see what I can observe. Well, it was only a couple of minutes later that this uh, um, slightly um, a middle-aged guy, I'll say, said, oh, I'm going to be in the window. And I said, uh, that's great. I stood up, walked out. He crawled in, took his seat, got organized. And I sat down and I said, how are you today? And he said, fine. He said, what about you? And I said, I'm, I'm doing great. And uh, so anyway, the people are streaming on the airplane. Now, here comes a family, uh, a mother and a father and three little kids. And... Uh, I think I've made comment to you about how horribly dressed I think that most people are when they get on airplanes today. I, I've seen everything from pajama cut, you know, dirty pajama bottoms to somebody getting on a guy getting on in a tutu. And uh, but this family had distinguished themselves by how nice they looked. Uh, it was a father, mother, three little kids, uh, and they happened to be African-Americans. And uh, the father was just tall and handsome, broad grin on his face, good looking. The mother was beautiful. And the three little kids were like darling. And I was like making eye contact and kind of waving to the little kids. They were, they were just little kids you want to take home. I mean, they were such beautiful little kids. And at that exact moment as they passed, this guy sitting next to me turned to me and said, hmm. he said, I didn't know that welfare sends people on vacations. Oh, So I sucked it up and I said, that is the most ignorant and disgusting thing I've ever heard. Please shut up. And I turned away and he chortled. I said, just shut up. I don't want to hear anything you have to say. Don't say a word or I'll get a flight attendant over here. Don't say one word. Well, several times throughout the flight, this guy tried to get into a conversation and I would just say, shut up, don't talk to me. And as we were near a landing, the guy gave me a business card. He said, could I have one of yours so I can send you an apology? I took his business card. I held it out and let it drop to the floor. And I said, the answer is no. So earlier this week, I'm on the telephone with someone I know and respect. And I was explaining to this person, uh, what, what, what I don't think I've ever told you is I've only had one doctor in my entire life. Since the time I was 21, I've only had one doctor. And uh, finally, my doctor retired at like 75 in December. And I had the opportunity to uh, pick from one of six or seven other doctors in the practice, but he made a recommendation. And so he made a recommendation to Dr. Honda. And uh, so I was going to see Dr. Honda for my first get to know you visit this past Monday. And later that day, I was talking to this person and they said, well, did you see your new doc? And I said, yes. And they said, well, what kind of a guy is he? And I said, it's not a guy. It's a woman. And uh, she's about 34, 35, but she actually looks about 18 or 19. She's really smart. She's paperless. I'm excited. And he said, what kind of name is Honda? And I said, well, you know, I, I'm thinking she's probably Japanese-American, and but probably grew up here. And his response was, or, or yes, the response was, you are so lucky. And I said, well, why am I so lucky? 
And the response was, because all Japanese people are smart, clean, and friendly. And I said, that's one of the most stupid things I've ever heard. I said, have you ever been to Japan? I mean, I've met a lot of unfriendly people in Japan. I've seen dirty people in Japan, and I'm sure there's some dumb people in Japan. For you to say that all Japanese people are clean and friendly and smart also gives you permission to attribute negative traits to another class or another race of people. Just shut up. Stop being ignorant. And finally, the final, this, this was very recently, at a recent speech, I was outside uh, after my speech. They had gone back into session. There were a few hangers-on still milling around the stand-up tables, having conversations and things. And I was outside, and I was admiring the incredible gardens and, and the lawns and the gardens. And so this guy walks up to me, and he said, it's pretty, isn't it? I said, it's gorgeous. He said, well, he said, I'll tell you. Oh, and there were lots of workers out there. He said, well, I'll tell you something. He said, those blank and Hispanics sure can make crap grow. But he said, he said, I bet half of them are illegal. And I thought, you know what? I'm not taking it anymore. And I said, you've just demonstrated your ignorance on two subjects. You have no idea whether Latinos make stuff grow better than any other race of people. And you have nothing to base your comment on that you bet half of them are illegal. It's absolutely stupid. And it demonstrates your ignorance. And I walked away. You know, I guess people discriminate, Dale, for a whole bunch of reasons. Insecurity, ignorance, weakness. Uh, To do otherwise would take them out of their comfort zone. It's easier than trying to understand. But, you know, I've come to a point where it is no longer my job to fix those things. Um, It's not my job to fix those things. I'm not going to honor those things. I'm not going to acknowledge those things. I'm going to call it out. And so why have I decided to speak up? Uh, Because it might stop people from talking stupid in the future. I'll tell you this, it actually makes me feel better. I'm living my values, and that makes me a better person. And finally, it's not that hard to do. Now, one other comment, and then we'll have a conversation. What did all of these people share in common? They were all 50, 55, 60. And I immediately thought of Nobel Prize winner Max von Planck. Uh, whose fame as a physicist rests primarily on his role as the originator of quantum theory, which revolutionized human understanding of atomic and subatomic processes. In other words, the guy just merely changed the world. And something that he said once, he said, a new truth does not triumph by convincing its opponents and making them see the light, but rather because they die. And a new generation grows up that is already familiar with it. So for things to improve, the old guard has to die. The old beliefs have to die, and they eventually will. And a new generation will grow up, which is already familiar with it. So anyway, that's, 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 the, that, that's the story of, uh, of a couple of weeks on the road. Mm. But just so that those over 50 don't feel lumped in. Yeah, because that includes me. That I was going to say that includes you, and yes. you've seen the light. So, yep, um, I, I'm a firm believer change is possible at any age. It might be a little more difficult uh, the later on in years, but yes, um, yeah, that's it's a it's an important reminder for us. Uh, I, I and I and I don't know what's happened, and uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna have the political discussion. It's one I don't want to have, but I just. Uh, 
I see and experience more and more and more of this. And I keep thinking, why do these people think they have the right to say these things? And I have just made a con- I've just made a commitment. I'm going to tell people they are ignorant and I'm going to call out stupid for being stupid. Hmm. Good, good on you. And it's, it's, a, it's a good reminder for all of us to call it out when we see it like that. So, yeah, I mean, because, if, because if we do nothing, it becomes the new norm. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. so all I'll say is this, and this is the wrong thing to say. I'm going to take some flack from this, but I'm glad I've had uh, 35 years of being in the gym six days a week with a trainer. Cause if somebody pops me once, I'll be well prepared to defend myself. <laughs> I don't think they will. I think listen the reaction of the first guy. Oh, uh, he felt like a worm. Like you, I mean, he felt he felt up. like he felt like a worm. I mean, he wanted to go down and grovel at my feet. I just wasn't interested. Wasn't interested. I was not interested in having the conversation. Just not interested. No, no, no. So, and I may be wrong there, but I it, it his comment about those people was like a sucker punch to my gut. Oh. I yeah, just I thought, felt it. Yeah. yeah, I just thought this person is a pig. This person is unworthy. I don't, I mean, he's using oxygen for God's sake. I am not going to waste one of my breaths on him. So, so am I a nice guy? I spent my entire life going through the world, trying to be a nice guy, but I'm not going to be nice when I encounter discrimination and prejudice. Final word for us. Uh, final word. Well, I mean, what you almost, what you almost have to invoke is Nelson Mandela, right? I mean, who said no one is born to hate another person. People learn to hate. Everybody needs to be teaching love. Everybody needs to be teaching love. And then we'd get rid of hate because people learn to hate. They are not born to hate. Absolutely. Thank you for that powerful reminder. I'll remind folks, uh, you can... Be up to the date, up to the minute with the latest podcast as it is released. If you'll go into your favorite podcast listening app and hit the subscribe button while you're there, please rate and review. Hopefully this earns a five star. And if you will share this episode with someone who you think needs to hear it or would appreciate it uh, because they take a stand, be sure and do that. Just send the link to your favorite person. Also share your story with Jason. His email address, Jason at Jason dash Jennings.com is the email address. Jason at Jason dash Jennings.com. Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today has called one of the three most in demand business speakers in the world. Learn how your group or company can have him keynote your next event. Visit the website, jason-jennings.com. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.